When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into our series, Shit Out of Luck. This week, we're focusing on John Wilkes Booth. In the spring of 1865, the United States was anything but united, bearing the scars of a four-year conflict which turned brother against brother and was just coming to a close. The country was rocked by the tragic assassination of the president who led the country through some of its darkest times. The famous actor responsible for the country's grief would soon become infamous for his acts. On May 10, 1838, John Wilkes Booth was born into one of the country's most prestigious acting families at the time, born in Bel Air, Maryland. He was the second youngest of ten children, of whom only six survived to adulthood. His father, Junius Brutus Booth, was one of the country's biggest actors, and his older brother Edwin would also go on to claim this prestigious title in his own time. The true fate of Booth's life, however, was foreshadowed at a very young age. Booth's sister Asia wrote in her biography of him that their mother had a vision of what would become of John when he was just six months old. Sitting by a fire, she asked God if her son would be a source for good or evil in the world. As she sat there, the fire in front of her turned in the shape of the country before fading into the baby's name, foreshadowing what great impact he would have on the country. Additionally, his sister noted that when he was a child, a fortune teller reportedly told him he was dealt a bad hand, that his life would be full of sorrow and trouble, and he would ultimately die young. This seemed to have stuck with the young boy who wrote the fortune down on a piece of paper, which he carried in his pocket. While Booth was also an actor considered to have great talent, he struggled with his brother's fame and status as one of the highly regarded actors of their time. Booth has been described as egocentric and emotionally unstable, fueling his struggle with his brother's success.
despite this and a rough debut, Booth had his own successful acting career and became a noted scene stealer with his spirited performances. While Booth was born in Maryland, a border state that never seceded from the Union, he thought of himself as a southerner, an ardent supporter of slavery. Booth was both a Confederate sympathizer and a white supremacist. At the outset of the Civil War, Booth was outraged at Lincoln's imprisonment of politicians in Maryland who supported secession, an act of Confederate sympathizers viewed as unconstitutional. Despite his passion for the Confederacy, he never officially joined the army due to a promise he made to his mother. But while he never enlisted, Booth did volunteer for the Richmond Militia after witnessing the famed abolitionist John Brown's raid of Harper's Ferry in 1859. The Civil War progressed and Lincoln was re-elected. Booth's disgust for President Lincoln and abolitionists grew stronger and stronger. He covertly sent quinine to Confederate troops who were in dire need of the drug. By the end of 1864, Booth was ready to take matters into his own hands. He enlisted the help of several others and together they made their plans that winter. Meeting up frequently in D.C., the group concocted several plots to kidnap President Lincoln, hold him captive until he promised to release Southerners who were being held as prisoners of war. One plan came about when the group learned that Lincoln was scheduled to make an appearance at a soldier's hospital on March 17th. However, when Lincoln was a no-show, the group's hopes were dashed. As the Civil War drew to a close with the defeat of the Confederacy, before it got a conclusion, General Robert E. Lee surrendered at Potomac on April 9th. Just two days later, Booth was in the crowd as Lincoln gave his speech in front of the White House, calling for black veterans and black people with an education to be given the right to vote. This angered the racist Booth, as he, and he reportedly turned to his companion and co-conspirator Lewis Powell and said, Excuse me, that is the last speech he will ever make. Kidnapping was no longer severe enough in action in his eyes, and the group switched course, planning now to kill President Lincoln, along with two others. On April 14th, Booth's opportunity to strike would arrive in almost too perfect a package. Booth discovered that the President had plans to attend a performance of the comedic play Our American Cousin at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C., a better location could not have been chosen, as Booth was a regular performer at the theater and knew it well. He quickly gathered his group of conspirators, and they hastily made their plans for that evening. Around 10 p.m. that night, the group would simultaneously take out President Lincoln, Vice President Andrew Johnson, and Secretary of State William Seward. Booth was assigned to Lincoln, while Lewis Powell, a Confederate soldier who had attended the speech with Booth, along with pharmacy clerk David Harold, to kill the Secretary of State, who was recovering from a carriage accident at his home. A fourth man, George Azarot, who had transported Confederate spies into the North, was to kill Vice President Andrew Johnson at the Kirkwood House Hotel. To prepare for his master plan, Booth made his way to Ford's Theater around 6 p.m. and prepared the box in which the President would be sitting in just a few short hours. Inside the booth, Inside the box, Booth tinkered with the door, rigging it so that he would be able to bar any outside entrance once he was inside. Booth took his leave, returning to the theater around 10 p.m. At this point, the play was nearly over as it entered its third act.
Actress Janine Gorley would later state that she saw Booth in the lobby while she was on stage. She noted that he had just entered from the street and that he looked quite pale and ill. She claims that Booth must have used her lines, which were the dramatic climax of the show, to make his way to the president's box, as they would capture the audience's attention, creating space for Booth to make his approach. It was about 10.15 p.m. when Booth made it to the box. He then entered the vestibule of Lincoln's box and hid. Inside the box was President Lincoln, his wife Mary Todd Lincoln, as well as their guests, Major Rathbone and his fiancée Clara Harris. As the audience erupted with laughter at the play's funniest line, delivered by Harry Hawk, Booth saw his opportunity and fired his 44 caliber Derringer pistol into the back of the unsuspecting president's head. The theater was quickly filled with confusion as the actors and audience members alike tried to make sense of the situation. Actors both on stage and off thought it might have been a prop that caused the noise. While some in the audience believed it was simply part of the show, however, the result would unfold rather quickly, leaving everyone in the house bewildered. After accomplishing his long-sought goal, Booth began to make his escape, but not before Major Rathbone attempted to apprehend him by grabbing his coat. Having dropped his gun, Booth grabbed a dagger and slashed Rathbone's shoulder with it. Booth then jumped from the box, but one of his spurs got caught on a flag, decorating the box, which resulted in him losing control of his jump, causing him to break his leg upon landing. Despite the injury, he rose from the floor and shouted, Sic Semper Tyrannis, meaning thus always to tyrants, before making his way across the stage and exiting out the stage door in the blink of an eye. Some reports from eyewitnesses claim he also shouted something along the lines of, The South is avenged. Before he exited the theater, the conductor of the orchestra tried to stop him, but Booth slashed at him as well with his dagger. When he made it out the back door of the theater, he jumped on a horse that was waiting for him and tore into the night. Once Booth was gone, the attention turned to Lincoln, who was unconscious in the box. Several people climbed up into the box. In an effort to assess the situation, they called Tim into the audience to find a surgeon. The bullet appeared to have entered around Lincoln's left ear, traveled through his head, and landed behind his right eye. After examination of the president's condition, a doctor announced that he would not make it through the night. Lincoln was carried out in the rocking chair he had been sitting in and taken across the street to a boarding house run by William Peterson. His body had to be laid out diagonally on the bed, as he was too tall for it. Lincoln would die at 7.22 the next morning. In the famous statement by Secretary of War Edwin Stanton, who was at his bedside, was made, Now he belongs to the ages. Meanwhile, Powell and Harold had made their way to Secretary of State William Seward's home. Under the guise of delivering medicine from Seward's doctor, Powell entered the home while Harold remained outside. Powell then found Seward in the bed as he was recuperating and began to stab and slash him, including two slashes to the throat. Miraculously, Seward's life was saved by a medical, medical collar he was wearing. As for Azerot, who was assigned to take out Vice President Johnson, well, he lost his nerve and just ended up drinking the hotel's bar. As Booth made his escape from D.C., what would become the largest manhunt the country had ever seen began. Booth was soon joined by Harold, who had left the Seward residence without Powell, and the two rode into Maryland. While 
Booth's broken leg didn't seem to slow him down. He documented in a diary kept while on the run that he rode 60 miles that night with the bone of my leg tearing the flesh at every jump. The next day, Booth and Harold met with Dr. Samuel Mudd, who sat Booth's broken fibula near Bryantown, Maryland, and sheltered the men, also providing them food and rested horses. Federal troops flooded the area surrounding Washington in search of the perpetrators. Others would join in to help as news of Lincoln's murder shocked the nation. An award of $100,000 was offered for the apprehension of Booth and his co-conspirators. The men evaded capture for nearly two weeks, hiding in the wooded area around the swamp in Maryland, before making their way into Virginia. In his diary, Booth noted his surprise at how his actions had been universally condemned. On April 26, federal troops trapped Booth and Harold down at a farm near Rappanock River in Virginia. The two were seeking shelter in a tobacco barn. Harold surrendered to the troops, but Booth was not so easy. The troops attempted negotiations with him for hours before they set fire to the barn to draw Booth out. As he emerged, he was shot in the neck. There is some dispute as to whether Corporal Boston Corbett shot him or if Booth shot himself. Booth was carried to the farmhouse and died on the porch. Although Booth could not be brought to justice, his co-conspirators could. As Lincoln's assassination was considered an act of war, a military commission was formed, and eight people were brought before it. Harold, Powell, and Azarot were all convicted and sentenced to death. Another person, Mary Surratt, who owned the boarding house where the group would meet, was also convicted and sentenced to death. On July 7th, all four would meet their end at the gallows. Surratt would become the first woman executed by the U.S. Dr. Mudd, along with two others who were involved in the kidnapping plots, were sentenced to life in prison. One man would die in prison in 1867 of yellow fever. But Mudd and the other men were pardoned by then-President Andrew Johnson in 1869. It appears the vision Booth's mother had when he was just an infant was indeed a warning of the horrible things he was capable of and the tragedy the country would one day face. And that's all we have for this episode of Shit Out of Luck. Let us know your thoughts on this historic assassination and events that took place in the comment section below give us a like hit the thumbs up and we'll see you again tomorrow mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumbo casino online i was only playing for fun so winning was a dream come true chumbo casino was america's favorite free online social casino you too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.